We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's ask albert breer about albert uh what are your thoughts on assless chaps albert (laughs) i've never personally worn assless chaps before um would you? I, know, I guess I'd be sort of indifferent, you know, to asshole chaps. How do you guys feel about them? I guess it depends. I, mean, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a pro what if, dumper what if, like, what here. If what if your significant other was sort into it? Sort of depends on the situation. Yeah. Like if I had a nicer uh dunk, I don't have, I, I'm Hungarian. I have no ass, Albert. This would, I would not, uh, it would not play. I didn't know that's a Hungarian thing, really. I, every Hungarian I've ever met has no ass. So if, if there's a I'm Hungarian. Austrian, and that's like pretty close. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Albert Breer with us on the. The hotline here. That's the North Homestead Chrysler yeah. Jeep Dodge, Dodge Ram, Ram hotline. Line. Albert probably knows it more than I do. Um, where was I going to go? Um, lo- lo- <laughs> Wherever you want, Dustin. Wherever you want. <laughs> Why does the NBA have a two-minute report? <laughs> well, you see. And why does the NFL not? Why does the NFL not have what? Say again. A two-minute report like the NBA. Oh. 
Sorry, this was like an off-air conversation that now we're just making it like awkward on the air. I know. But uh, we're having fun, and you're a good sport, so. There goes that Marconi. Yeah. We're all good. We're all good. Uh, okay. I'll try try to, like, come up with a take on Chaps for next week, though. How's that? That sounds good. I have got a serious question for you. I have a serious question. I asked Nick this off the air, and I don't know the status of of Garoppolo, but if he were healthy for the Super Bowl, would, would you play him? Would I play him? Or, um, yeah, and, and what, what, what would Shanahan do? I think Shanahan's going to play Purdy. Okay. Uh, but, you know, because I think, like, it's like sort of what you know versus right now versus what you don't. And, like, what you know right now is Brock Purdy's going to go and run your offense. And, I, look, I, I think he was actually a little shaky against Dallas end-to-end. But, like, he made plays when they needed it on third down and in critical situations. And I don't know that, like, this San Francisco team needs a whole lot more than that. Now, I would argue that, like, you know, when you get to play Kansas City or Cincinnati, that's probably a step up from anything you're going to see in the NFC. So, like, we're probably talking about a different deal when you get there. Uh, but I think, I think Kyle's going to stick with Brock Purdy. I wouldn't argue with that decision either. I think Jimmy's probably at this point got, like, a little bit of a higher ceiling, but – the unknown and how he's going to play coming off foot injury, all of that different stuff, I think certainly, you know, I, I, I think is enough to stick with what you've got. Um, with the caveat that, like, if, like, Purdy doesn't look great in the NFC title game and then starts out shaky in the Super Bowl, you know, if you advance, then maybe you'd have a quick hook in that sort of scenario. Albert, for so long, it was the Patriots, and there were times where it was the Ravens, and obviously the Steelers have been one of uh, the organizations that uh, everybody else has tried to emulate in the NFL. Right now, what do you think would be the most popular answer if you polled all 32 teams about what organization everyone is trying to emulate? Oof. I mean, I think the... You know, the four that are in right now are pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think San Francisco, because San Francisco's like, what they've done is, like, a little bit more quarterback agnostic, you know, and I, I think it's hard to find a great quarterback. Um, and, like, I, you know, they've gone through now, I mean, the last five years, you know, really with, I, I'd say, like, a constant level of unrest at that position. Um, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo coming back from the ACL to get them to a Super Bowl, um, they're trading up for Trey Lance, then trying to start Trey Lance this year. That doesn't work. Trey Lance gets hurt. Um, they've been competitive throughout. They've gone to three NFC title games now. I'd say they probably have the most talented roster in the league. And so, like, I, and I, and I just think, like, if you look at them from, like, a cap standpoint, from a draft pick management standpoint, like, they have so many different things working right now and that's why they're able to do it without complete stability at quarterback now i think what the chiefs have done over the last couple of years and adjusting to the new reality that they have that you know they're going to be playing with a quarterback who's got you know cap numbers in the 30 and 40 millions um you know i I think it's really impressive what they've done as well and adjusting from one phase to the next we'll see how the bengals handle that but the bengals have done a great job accumulating talent you know, and then I, I think even the, the Eagles, like the way that they've sort of stuck to their guns and built um, along the lines of scrimmage the way that they have and invested along the lines of scrimmage the way that they have and, you know, them being creative and pulling every lever to put a team together, I think that's impressive too. So I think all four of the teams still alive, 
um, are going to be good for the foreseeable future. And I think, like, all four of them have, like, pieces of what you would want to build and how you would want to build um, within the way that they've constructed their teams. And that's a total freaking cop-out, and I know it, but just sort of my, my, my knee-jerk response to the question. Albert, I'm asking you this because when we went into last offseason, we knew Baker was going to be a huge part of the conversation. We knew that that was yeah. a roster that had uh, holes at wide receiver and defensive tackle and a few other spots. So I I'm more thinking about that. We kind of knew what kind of offseason we were going to expect, which is going to be wild last year. What type of offseason should Browns fans expect from the organization this offseason? You know, I, I think they could have, like, a big swing or two on them. Um, you know, I think they have to, you know, really find out about Kevin Stefanski, get more out of Deshaun Watson. Like, I think there's a lot in the line this offseason for a lot of people in that building. Like, I do think to some degree you give Deshaun Watson and you give the coaches a mulligan on how the end of the year went because it was such a weird year, you know. Like, so I think to some degree, like, you chalk it up to the guy hadn't played football in almost two years and – um, you know, like there's just there's a lot that goes into playing the game at that position. Um, you know, I, I don't think you get the same sort of mulligan next year. So I think a lot of it is going to be a lot of the focus this offseason is going to be building an offense for Deshaun Watson because I'm not sure that he's the best fit for like the traditional offense, the traditional like Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak offense that Kevin Stefanski has been running his first three years in Cleveland. So that's going to be a big focus, I think, retrofitting the offense for Deshaun Watson. And obviously you're doing the scheme stuff on defense, too, with Jim Schwartz coming in. Um, but I, I certainly think, like, with you know, the draft pick situation they, that, that they're in, um, that they don't have first-round picks the next two years, um, I, I certainly could see where maybe you take a swing in free agency or you try to do something creative, you know, like a DeAndre Hopkins or somebody, someone like that, where you try and kind of get – somebody in that'll help you get a little bit more clarity on, you know, where your coaching staff is and where your, where your quarterback is within the offense. So, you know, I don't think, I don't know if there's a Devontae Adams move out there for him and they probably don't have the draft pick capital to go and do it, but I think you could see a relatively big swing on somebody to help Deshaun Watson. Albert, th there has been some conversation on this show, not on the show, on this station, I should say, um, where, where there are some folks that think uh, maybe the Browns should Try to shop Nick Chubb. I think it's insane. Um, is that something that the Browns would consider, or uh, what? What have you heard in terms of that? Yeah, I just think like you know what, Dustin. I understand like some people saying like the the logic there would be getting ahead of the posse, right? Like, all right, he's got a lot of mileage on him, and you know, like, what is this going to look like at the end of it? That, there's there there are fair like questions there, you know, like, and I I wouldn't deny that, that all those things would be fair to ask. Um, I, I just think, like, so much of your identity is tied up in the guy, and then so many people in the building have so much on the line in 2023. Can you really build forward? You know what I mean? Like, in a year, like, this is going to be for the Browns, where I think it's sort of a defining year for the coaches. I think it could wind up being a defining year for Deshaun Watson. Do you really want to take, like, somebody who you've built your offense around over the last few years um, out of the equation? I don't think so. Here's the other part. The other part is – if you're going to build an offense for Deshaun Watson again, like I understand running backs devalued and all of that, but like I actually think like the way you build the right offense for Watson and building sort of a more of a spread offense for him 
is to be strong in the running game. And obviously Nick Chubb really helps you there. So I, again, like I understand like the cold logic, if you're looking at this, like if you're staring into a computer screen and you're working in like a roster management system or something like that, where you would do something like that. But I just think like the human element of all of this, all the stuff that's on the line for all the people there. And then you'd, how you'd set up an offense that's specifically toward Deshaun Watson to me at least would make it really, really hard to trade Nick Chubb. Albert, I, I saw some reports that uh, the Texans have, have kind of finally got to their second round of interviews. I think the Panthers uh, have gotten to their next round yeah. of interviews. But it, it, it feels Jeff like... Saturday's getting a second interview. <laughs> good God. It, it does feel yeah. like the NFL job market is going super slow this year. Is Am I imagining that, yeah. or is this how it goes every year? No. No, that's what the NFL wants. The NFL wanted to slow it down. And, you know, I think the NFL wanted to make it more fair to the playoff teams and coaches who are working in the playoffs, too, so they weren't at a disadvantage. And I think the only way to really do that, um, and they did it with, and, and the Rooney Rule is part of this, too. You know, the only, the, only way to really, the only way to really do that was to slow the process down. And so they put rules and guardrails in place that I think, you know, sort of forced teams to be a little bit more patient and force teams to go through a more deliberate process. And so I, I think like what the NFL was hoping for is what they're getting right now. Now, and, and I think you can see it in contrasting the way the GM market works. Like there were two GM openings. Those were both done last week. And why, what's the difference? Well, the difference is with the GM stuff, like an executive who's in the playoffs is less worried about being in the playoffs. Like, you know, he doesn't have to coach on Sunday. So like, the executives can all go interview whenever they want, and it's a little bit easier to expedite that process with respect to whoever's in the playoffs and the candidates that are in the playoffs and the playoff teams themselves. And so I think it's, you know, the result of, a, of, a, of, of an effort by the league to make this thing a little bit more deliberate. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it means teams are going to talk to more people. I think it means teams are going to take their time a little bit better and, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's led to more, like, legitimate processes um, rather than, like, these open recruitments. Part of it, too, guys, is that, I mean, Sean Payton was really the guy, only guy out there where there were, like, multiple team, teams chasing after him. That's one thing that usually accelerates the market is if there's one guy that everybody's going after. Like, Sean has been that guy, but I don't know how – like, I think Sean is sort of in the space where he's, like, I'd be okay staying on Fox for another year. So it's not like he accelerated this process either. Albert, what do you think is the best job this year? And do you think Sean Payton actually does land a job this offseason? Um, well, first of all, I think there's a good chance that Sean takes another year off. Um, and that's because the way I see it, at least, I, you know, I, I don't know how good these jobs are, guys. You know, I mean, I, I just like, I look at these jobs, I'm like, if you're Sean Payton and you're going to have, um, if you're if you're Sean Payton, you're going to come out and you're going to, and, and and this is going to be your last shot at being a coach in the NFL, right? Like, because he's older than people think. Like, he's in his late fifties now, and this is going to be your last shot. Are you going to marry yourself to Russell Wilson? Are you going to marry yourself to Kyler Murray? Probably not. I mean, I I don't know. I like look at that. Like, in you know, those contracts are difficult to get out of. The the cap space is restricted. The draft pick situation in those places isn't awesome. So, like, that's one part of it. And then the other part of it, those places are sort of, you're building a little bit from the ground up, you know, and the geography for Peyton isn't as good in the other places. So I think there's a really good chance he winds up back on Fox. And then as far as what's the most attractive one, I may go off the board a little bit here for you guys. 
I kind of like the Carolina job. Like, I think, like, if you look at Carolina, like, all their best players are really young. I mean, Brian Burns, the pass rusher, J.C. Horn, the corner, Jeremy Chin, the safety, um, you know, I, I, like Derek Brown, their defensive tackle, Icky Aquano, the left tackle, D, D.J. Moore, um, the receiver. Like, there are a lot of really good players in that team that are, like, between 21 and 25 years old. And so you take that and you say, can I find myself a quarterback? Well, now you have a top 10 pick. And you have caps, and you're going to have some cap space. And so, like, I look at all of them. Houston, I think, is still in rebuild mode. You've got a lot of draft picks there. There's merit to that. I think Arizona and, and Denver, the quarterbacks, make those complicated. So, to me, I, I look at Carolina, and I'm like, this isn't like an, like an out-and-out complete rebuild. Uh, but there are, you know, definitely pieces in place that you can build around, and there's draft picks there where you can go out and get your quarterback. And it does feel a little bit to me like a type of situation where you might actually just be a quarterback away. Albert, we got about 30 seconds, bud. Uh, I know you wrote about this in your mailbag today. People can find that on sportsillustrated.com. Did the Bills miss their championship window with the roster as currently constructed? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) If you guys looked at the 6'5", 245-pound guy, they have taken snaps. I mean, like... I know he didn't look great Sunday, but I look like I think for the Bills, they 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 definitely need have a lot of stuff to work on. I think some of the game management stuff, um, the the coat, the, the the scheme stuff, definitely needs some work on that. Like, and it could have been a lot better on Sunday. But to me, like you look at Buffalo, the hard part is taken care of. They have a num- they, they they have a superstar quarterback. They have a number one receiver. They have a left tackle. They have pass rushers. They have a number one corner. Do they have work to do elsewhere? Yeah, they absolutely do. But, like, you've got the core pieces in place. Now you just have to sort of augment with what you already have. And, oh, by the way, you've become a destination for players now, too. So you might be able to fill those holes creatively a little easier than, I'd say, 28 or 29 of the other teams can. Albert, great stuff as always. Sorry for the wonky beginning. Have a great weekend, buddy. Oh, good. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Albert. Thanks so much. I actually think... Like, um, obviously, when Albert says that, this is a guy that's very plugged in. Um, I also think it makes total sense. If last year was about taking the big swing that could change the the fate of your organization, this offseason feels like the one where you got to take a couple swings to try and make that work at, at any and all costs. Yeah, I mean, options are limited. I mean, you got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. This this team is is on the cusp of, you know, trying to compete with all these tough teams. Well, and I think I think the good news is every every year there were moves like the Amari Cooper move. Every year there were organizations who pit themselves into a corner and who end up making bad football moves mm-hmm. because either like Amari, let's be honest, Amari Cooper was the 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 guy that that Dallas blamed last year on. Right? Uh, Jerry Jones and company, they leaked reports that he wasn't blocking very hard. There mm-hmm. were all those sort of things that came out, right? Uh, a year later, what was Dallas missing this last year? Amari Cooper. They're missing a guy you could just trust to go out there and catch 10 balls a game. So the good news is there's another round of teams. And I'll tell you one if you could get in on. Whether it's Devontae Adams with the Raiders, again, I don't know you have the collateral to get him. Here's another guy. If you could get on it on Chandler Jones, 
another guy who went to the Raiders last offseason, they paid him like $100 million, only had like five sacks. If Chandler Jones would be available and you could get him for like that, what was it with Amari? You you sent like a fifth-round like fifth pick round out pick. and, and got a six-round pick back. Something, and you had to give him a contract extension. Give me give me that kind of move, but give it to me on the defensive side. Give me that. that maybe that's how you find your other starting edge rusher, almost like when they swapped out uh, Zeitler for Olivier Vernon, right? Give me something like that. And then that would allow you to put all kind of money into the defensive tackle spot, whether it's Payne out of Washington, Anyamata, who I've talked about. Like, the good news is, there's plenty of talent where you need it this offseason. It just depends on how creative you have to be to make it happen. Well, he said it. He thinks the Browns will make a splash. And I, and if if they went conservative, if they played it safe, I'd be pretty pissed. How do you play it safe when you just made the, the ballsiest move in the history of the organization? Well, what I mean is we're not going to make any big free agent signings and we're just going to run the draft out. And, like, there's going to be times in the future where that makes sense. Hopefully we can get to a point at some point, Dusty, that we, yeah. can, we can look at the Browns and say, just go in, be sensible in free agency, and draft well. That's what Pittsburgh's done. Pittsburgh very rarely ever has to go to free agency to save their ass. Baltimore, how do they use free agency? It's guys like Calais Campbell, year 14, who just want to win. Uh, Derek Wolf, former uh, 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 Bronco, that was another guy. It seems like every year that's where Baltimore makes money. Why? Because they, they did a good enough job building the roster that they really only have to accentuate the, the rest of the roster. The Browns yeah. aren't there yet. This offseason, you kind of need another, we're going we're gonna to make a couple moves to really buy, our, buy the roster some time and some talent. Look, they've got money. That, the money's not an issue. Um. I, I, the one thing I, I would not want to see them do, and, and we asked Albert about this, is the, the whole Chubb thing. Like that dude, that dude's the, the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Yep. I, I. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I totally think it's a valid conversation to have. I mean, I'd trade Miles Garrett before i trade Nick Chubb. I wouldn't trade either. But I, but I understand why you say that. I think people, I think we've gotten to this point where we just want our teams to not look foolish right? We're going to get out in front of this before the contract bites us in the ass. A, a contract turning sideways on you anymore doesn't kill you the way it did 10 years ago. Right. And like, since when did it become let that player at that position, specifically running back, never have a bad year for you? That's how you win that contract. I'm sorry. That's just a little too craven, a little too cynical for mm -hmm. me given what Nick Chubb has meant to you. He's everything to the franchise. I mean, he's everything that you want out of a player. He's been productive. Um, he helps the offense in so many different ways, and you're losing Kareem Hunt. Now, what I will also say is, now use him properly. 
Because that's oh, that's fair. That's the only part that it ever makes sense. If you're not going to use Nick Chubb properly, then you're wasting everybody's time. That that is something. Again, I don't want to trade him, but at some point the Browns have to either fully maximize this guy and what he can do, or like if they're not going to, you know, run the football in in kind of an old school power football way, and it's going to be shotgun all the time and a lot of spread and RPO stuff. Like he doesn't fit that offense. Yes, then then go find your Miles Sanders. Go yeah. find your, go look at any of the, you know, Raheem Mosterts, Matt Breedas, those kind of guys. McKinnon. Yes. Perfectly fine running backs, not Nick Chubb. You're also not paying a guy to be elite when you're not going to use him in an elite way. Do you have big expectations for the Browns this offseason? I'm not talking about, like, winning the offseason, but do you have expectations that all the concerns you and I have, Right, speed wide receiver, defensive tackle, edge rusher, Mike linebacker, probably another safety. Uh, who the hell knows what they're going to do at center? Do you have an expectation that the Browns are good? by the by the end of this offseason, we're going to look at this and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, the Browns covered most of those." Um, I hope so. I think it should be the expectation. I I would be really really disappointed. Listen, I this has been said on this station ad nauseum. It's been said in uh in media about the browns jimmy haslam has had one value to me since he took over this franchise and that is his ability to spend so i don't care like this this whole thing like this conversation every time you pay a quarterback it gets into well you know you you pay that position and you take away elsewhere no you don't like the buffalo bills they paid josh allen an asinine amount of money and they paid Stephon Diggs an asinine amount of money. And they just signed Von Miller to an asinine amount of money. Like, no, you don't. So the thing that has me excited is, one, I do think there's going to be good talent out there, specifically where you need it. Whether it's at edge, whether it's defensive tackle, and it might not like like Charles Amenahieu of the 49ers. I don't expect that to do a lot for people listening. As a football player, if you would put Charles Amenahieu here over uh, Jadavian Clowney, your defense would have been better this year because Jadavian Clowney was more interested in complaining about his usage than he was about playing football. <laughs> so, like, I think there are – I feel like we've made it. Because the Browns were such a disappointment, I feel like we've made it to the road back to being who we want them to be is this long and winding road. No, it's right there in front of you. You know where your deficits are on this roster. There are guys you can get that it, even if they're not going to be Miles Garrett good, will at least be better than what you had. Go do it. Show me. Make me a believer again, Andrew Barry. And I think it's possible. Show me the money. Well, show them the money. Show them the money. But yeah. show me that you're willing to, to spend, spend the, the money. money. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. They will. And I, I don't think that Haslam's in it for, you know, Put, not putting together the most talented roster around Deshaun Watson possible. Yeah. Well, and you know and, what? And, and giving Jim Schwartz the guys that he needs. And I also say this. We have, we have said, and it's not just you and I, there has been a, what's the right way to say this? Respectfully, of course. There's been a air of, why are you asking us those questions? Like, we've accomplished something. We, they, the Royal we being the Cleveland Browns, and it's been befuddling at points. Like the the fact that this organization, and I really do think in that building, and maybe this is good, 
But there's this air of we've accomplished something, so leave us the hell alone and let us do the football. That was really annoying this year, just just being honest. Like, mm-hmm. it's really annoying to hear an organization that doesn't want your questions when they've underperformed. Right. I also think I think that I think that's a double sided thing. I think their ego is immense enough. They realize if they don't pony up, if they don't really have a good offseason, they're gonna be back to being the same old Browns. Because you've you've used up your currency. Your currency yeah. is you won a playoff game in Pittsburgh in twenty twenty. The first year the organization was really together is currently constructed. And I think they're smart enough to know that that currency's been spent. And if you do not go out there and have a good offseason, I think they know that all those things that we said about them in 2019, yeah. 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, not so much in 2014. That was the high point, that 7-9 season. I think they realize that it, it, it gets real, real quick here. With how you're perceived, not and it, it, listen. I don't think they care about Cleveland. I would no, that's not fair. That the way I said that was loaded. I don't. I think they know Browns fans are going to show up. I think they know that this is a football town, and that that Cleveland fans we, we're plucky optimists who love our football team, and we all will all sip the Kool Aid come June and July. Please do not take that. At, to me, that is the greatest thing. Of the 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 flexibility, the heart of Browns fans is the single greatest currency you can ever have. It really is why this is a great sports town. Because people will show up in July saying, I think this is the year for Jacob Phillips. <laughs> I think this is the year for DeAnthony Bell or whatever slap asses they run out there. But I think they know outside of Cleveland. Those same old Browns, I think they know if they if they don't really get back on the winning side. Yeah. And here's the thing. Mm, excuse me. I think they know that people around the NFL are rooting for the Browns organization, not Browns fans, Browns organization to fail. Oh, we're one of the most hated teams in football. And it, Maybe and, sports. And here's the funny thing, because it's there are people on Twitter, uh, the worst place to gauge this, that will take the moralistic thing of, well, it's because of what Deshaun is accused of. No. You know why Steve Bishotti once the Browns to fail with Deshaun Watson because he's pissed because, that it impacted. Yeah, because they gave Deshaun this huge contract and it's put them them in other teams in a tough predicament in terms of paying their own quarterback. And it's not just Steve Bishotti. The NFL, let's be real honest. The NFL owners are colluding against their players, specifically quarterbacks. They're colluding in terms of trying to lower the bar in terms of guaranteed money that they have to pay to superstar quarterbacks. Right. And the Deshaun Watson thing will constantly be the outlier. I'll be shocked. Listen, I will be shocked if Joe Burrow doesn't get every cent of that deal fully guaranteed. And every quarterback that looks at Deshaun Watson, looks what he did in in this year, Mm -hmm. those six games, and says, I'm better than Deshaun. I would not, I would not, I would be shocked if more than several quarterbacks in the next two years don't make themselves, if not fully guaranteed money. We're talking 15% more guaranteed money. We're talking upwards of 80%, 90% guaranteed money, all because of this contract. And I think the Browns know that this time, whereas like the NFL owners, they pulled their punches with Haslam the first time. Yeah. Now nah, the gloves will be off. If this Deshaun thing fails, 
it'll ruin Jimmy Haslam and if he hasn't already experienced collateral damage behind the scenes. And that has me thinking a little bit sunshiny, a little bit rosy about what the Browns, what the lengths the Browns might go to this offseason to avoid getting back where they were four years ago. So what do you mean? And what do you, what do you think they're going to do? I mean, I think I think get creative. I think the Chandler Jones thing. I think a Devontae Adams thing. I think a Deron Payne thing cannot be exclu- cannot be. I love that idea. I mean, can you imagine Payne next to Miles Garrett creating pain? I was trying to think of some clever thing that we I could had call nothing. them together, I- and I had nothing. Listen, guys, I was. I was out there in assless chaps in Manaway on Sunday, and I'm still recovering from that. So, Lee, welcome to the show. Is it painful? Hello. Very cold. Hey, Lee, what's up? Uh, hello. I got three things I want to say, and then y'all can tell me about it. Well, I believe the Browns blew it. They should have signed Kareem Hunt and used him as trade bait for one, instead of people talking about getting rid of Chubb. That they blew that one. And everything we could have signed Kareem Hunt maybe, and then traded him for draft picks. Okay, second, that's one. Second, we, uh, with uh, this coach we got, I really believe Harbaugh gonna be our next coach if this coach don't act right. I, I see that coming. Okay, and everything. What's what your you what, what's your third thing? I didn't hear you, sir. What was your third thing, buddy? It, and the third thing about this uh thing about this. Man, could, I don't think we would have even had the Sean Watson if we had a coach like Mike Thompson here. Could you imagine if we had a coach like that coaching the Browns? Mike Thompson? Like the like the Laker great Mike Thompson? Michael no, Thompson? I'm, I'm talking about Mike Thompson. I'm sorry for the Mike Tyson? Uh, killers. Oh, oh, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. If we had a coach like that, I don't even believe we would even have uh, Deshaun Watson. I believe he could have done work with Baker Mayfield. He worked with nothing. He worked with, oh boy, he was through five years ago. Yeah, you know, the, the the only thing, and thank you for the call. Um, I mean, the only thing is with Tomlin, Mike Tomlin wouldn't be Mike Tomlin in Cleveland. Mike Tomlin probably would have been fired seven times over in Cleveland. That's the real difference. Is Well, I don't – how would he be fired here? It, it, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. He, but it's Cleveland. Like, and uh, gosh, that's – He's got Super Bowls. It's a Super Bowl. Well, been to multiple. All right, let me go through his list. One, uh, the sign and trade on Hunt, nobody wanted to trade for Kareem. One, Kareem staged a sit-in in August in the middle of camp and basically torpedoed his own value. Yeah, not great. Um, two, I don't think backup running backs have the kind of currency that everybody thinks. All right, the Harbaugh thing's interesting because there was that rumor, like, was it 14? It was 14 when the Browns were thinking about trading the Niners like a first-round pick or something. Yeah, for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, I don't know Jim Harbaugh would fit into this organization as currently constructed. So if we're just talking about swapping out Stefanski for Harbaugh a year from now, yeah, Andrew Barry's got to be on board. And you know what? Everything I said about uh, Jimmy Haslam and how the other owners want him to fail and how the other owners want to see Jimmy Haslam back to being the same old Browns, I think there are a lot of people in the NFL who don't like the shtick of Jim Harbaugh. And it's it's bananas to me. Jim Harbaugh is so much a better hire 
than 90% of guys. Like Shane Steckin might end up being a good head coach. Right. Right now today, you cannot, there's no evidence you can show me that Shane Steckin will be a better head coach than Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, in what he did in four years in San Francisco, is better than any coach has done, including yep. Bill Belichick, since Marty Schottenheimer in Cleveland. And there are dudes in the NFL. Nah, I don't want to give them that power. Eh. I, I don't want to win for the next four years if it means i got to find a coach after that. All right. Well, you're going to need a new head coach anyways because the next guy you hire, more likely to suck. Sorry. I blacked out. Harbaugh's a weird knob. I He I, is a weird he dude. Is, and he wins. That's like, he does. I mean, in the funny thing about Harbaugh is like you don't really hear anything like bad said about him for the most part from his players. Ooh, do you, Andy? No, no, no. Sorry, oh, I, Andy I, on Twitter. It, like, oh my, it's was that a great? It's Tito's hog all over again. Um, uh, Andy saying, "How about Miles of Pain?" Nailed it. Miles Garrett, Deron Payne, Miles of Pain, Mouse of Pain. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.